Uh, that last song, um, the reason why there's nothing better than our God is because he is the God of the mountain and he's the God of the valley. He's not just a God who shows up when things are good. He's a God who just jumps in right where you're at and especially in your deepest, darkest, hardest places. Uh, but that's not where we're going to start tonight. We're not going to start there. We're going to start on the mountain. Most of you are familiar with Transfiguration Sunday, which is a big word, which means that Jesus' face changed, his appearance changed. Actually, the Greek word for this is he was metamorphized like a butterfly. He changed in appearance. So we're going to read the scripture reading first, and then I'll explain why I have a ladder behind me. Truly, I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him, and they went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus, and they spoke about his departure. The Greek word for departure is exodus. They spoke about his exodus, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. And the disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Now the reason why Jesus appears, if you want to study this and try to understand why is Jesus talking to Moses and Elijah, was really just a, a way for the people who, who read this, who understood this account, would see that Jesus is the sum of all the laws and the prophet, Moses and Elijah. He is the fulfillment of all these things. It was a way for them to know this. Also for Peter, who had just previously to that declared that Jesus, yes, I know that you are the Messiah. Now he was not going to be confused. You're not Elijah, which some people were saying, we're waiting for the new Elijah. Elijah's standing there with Jesus. He says, Jesus, you're the one. You're the Messiah. It was to clear up those things. But there's a great, there's a great more going on here, a great deal more going on here than, than what you just see. Um, what's the highest place you've ever been? You can go ahead and throw up that picture. That's my son, Evan. Uh, Evan is 22. And uh, when he was in fifth grade, he was diagnosed with anxiety. Medicated. Uh, he let me share this story. I've asked him. He sent me the picture. Uh, he actually outgrew it. Uh, Graduated from high school, has been doing great in life, and then something called COVID hit. Kind of messed with him a little bit. And he was talking to me about a month ago, and he says, you know, Dad, he says, uh, I could tell I was starting to get the same feelings, getting anxious and everything, and so I, I knew I had to do something about it. So what I decided to do was find something that was really scary and do that. Like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me, 
But a lot of things that Evan has done hasn't made sense to me. Uh, but he's brilliant. This is what he did. He decided he would go skydiving. And he knew that if he could get through that, then he could get through anything. And he felt good about it because, you know, he's got someone there who knows what they're doing. You could preach a sermon that way, right? Right? Uh, he, he told me that he, he liked talking to the, his instructor, and he said, you know, you, I bet you got a lot of stories about how people have been up here and everything. He goes, yeah. Actually, the worst thing he says is when they throw up. <laughs> Smart kid. You know, if you want to get over fear, then you just get right into it. What's the highest place you've ever been? <laughs> that reminded me when he told me that story when I was uh, first youth, youth director here. First summer. It was already scheduled down in Bryceland. It was a camp that would teach about teamwork, you know, like team building exercises with kids. I don't know, we maybe had 15, 20 kids. And I remember that uh, one of the exercises was you had to climb up this telephone pole. And then you were tethered, you know what I'm talking about. And then you're supposed to get up to the top of this telephone pole. And then <clears throat> when you get to the very top, anybody getting nervous yet? When you get to the very top, then you have to stand up here and then you have to jump off and you have to tag this diaper. So the kids, they all went up. I let them go first because, you know, I'm being an adult, making sure they get to have fun and because I'm scared to death. And finally, the last kid to do it was Billy Schultz, Pam's boy. And then it was my turn. And this is how far I got. And I froze, just like you were talking about. I got to this point, and I'm like, I cannot take another step. And then I looked, and I saw Billy, who was down on the ground. I'm like, gosh, if he could do it. And so I did. I climbed up, jumped off. And I've done a lot of other things since then. That made me scared, just so you know. <laughs> I felt a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. In our high places, when we're doing stuff like this, like Evan, it's who is with us and what the outcome is going to be is what helps us to be able to take a step to unfreeze to get unstuck. Now let me ask you another question. What's the lowest place you've ever been? Other than a few of you people who are gonna say something about a submarine. As soon as I say that, I know where your mind goes. The lowest place you've been is somewhere that's in here or in here. And that's probably where we freeze the most often is when we're encountering the lowest places. It's so hard for us to take another step. Jesus was on the mountaintop because he needed to be in high place with his father in order for him to actually go to the lowest places and to be able to take a step. And he knew that Peter, James, and John needed the same thing. They were going to need to be there because Jesus was not only going to be transfigured on this mountain, he was going to be transfigured on the cross. He was going to become a totally different person that they had seen, someone who wasn't covered in radiant light, but who was covered in his own blood. 
Someone who would not have two men, Moses and Elijah, on his side, but two criminals. Jesus was going to be transfigured and his exodus from this world was going to be coming soon. And he needed his father. He needed to get to the mountaintop with his father in order for him to go to the valley. And he knows that we need this too. And we can't do that unless we know that we have a Savior who says it's good to be here with you. Not just on the mountain, but in the valleys. So this is your invitation. We're just getting ready to head into the Exodus. We're going to be walking through Lent, Ash Wednesday, all the way to Easter, walking through the Exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, freed from slavery, Moses leading them out, God right in the middle, glad to be with them in it. We're going to be heading into that Exodus, and God has an invitation for you and an invitation for me. Jesus has an invitation for you. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. This is your Exodus. This is your chance to be transfigured, to become someone new. The next 40 days, plus all the weekends, I want to encourage you to listen to Jesus and be prepared to take a step. This is what he's calling us to do. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This is what Peter actually heard Jesus say before they even got to the mountain because he was saying, listen, here's the deal. I know where I'm heading. I'm heading to a deep valley where I'm going to be taken in by the chief priests and the Pharisees and I'm going to be killed. And if you want to be my disciple, anyone who wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. I'm going to tell you, when I've read that in the past, this is the way I've always read it. Well, we need to make some sacrifices. I need to deny myself. I need to take up my cross and be just like Jesus. And that's not what he's saying. He's saying this because he said it to Peter. Peter, after Jesus is arrested, denies Jesus three times. He says, I don't know the guy. Remember that? Jesus knows this is what's going to happen. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must deny himself. I don't know the guy. That's not me anymore. Jesus was getting Peter ready to be transfigured, to become someone new, to become a different person who wasn't frozen. And he said, take up your cross. It just means take up all your sufferings, everything that you've carried, the hurts that have been made against you and the hurts that you've made against anyone else, and you bring them with me. You bring your cross and bring it to mine. Meet me there, and you will be transfigured. This is your exodus. This morning, I, was, uh, I get up at 5.30 in the morning. I've been doing that now for the last month or so. I needed a way to get unstuck, to not be afraid. And I needed to meet Jesus on the mountaintop. And so I've been getting up at 5.30 every morning. First thing I do is I get on my stair stepper. I've got this little aluminum stair stepper thing. It's like it doesn't have any electronics. It just sits on the floor. And I get on that for 30 minutes and I do my workout so that I can actually wake up. 
And then I usually start praying, and then I start journaling, which is something we're going to encourage you to do over the next 40 days. I started journaling and, and listened for what Jesus has to say to me. Well, this morning I decided that while I was doing my stair-stepper thing, I would listen to this song that Sarah had encouraged me to listen. She's not going to play that right now, just so you know. Uh, but she encouraged me to listen to this song called uh, I Speak Jesus. And it's a beautiful song. And so I'm going... <laughs> up and down on my stair stepper and I'm raising my arms singing this song and just lost in the moment right on the mountaintop with God. So it's awesome, glorious time. And in that moment, this, I'm telling you a real story. I'm telling you. I just got to say all this stuff because I promised God I would tell you this tonight. I was raising my hands and it's like I felt like God... He just saw me and he picked me up and grabbed me like a little kid. And I just wept and cried and cried and cried. And I don't know why. I didn't know why. And so then after all that was done and the stupid song that you told me to listen to was done, I started writing and said, Lord, I don't know what's going on. And he said, listen, I know you. I know that when you were a kid, your dad left. I know you had no father to come and pick you up. I know that your mom had seven kids. She had no way to pick you up. I know you've been waiting all your life for someone to scoop you up and say it's okay. And all your life you've been trying to hold back all of your emotions. You've been trying to protect yourself so you don't have to feel anything, so you don't have to get hurt. That's frozen. God says, I am meeting you on the mountaintop so that we can go down and get into the valley of all this stuff. I want you to be a different person, to be changed and transfigured so that you can just be daring and not worry about all that stuff. You can cry at a song if you want to. You've got a father who picks you up and holds you. That's transfigured. This is my exodus. God is freeing me from the things that have kept me a slave all my life. That's what he wants for you to do. Anyone who puts their hand to the plow and turns their head back, that's what he says right after this. Anyone who stays frozen, you're not going to enter the kingdom. You're not ready yet. Take a step. Don't step on the mountain. Take a step. Go in the valley. And this is what I'm going to encourage you to do. Don't go alone. Bring a Peter or a John or a James or a Lynn or a Dennis or a... Sarah, bring them with you. Share your stories. Be ready to move. Be ready to be free. Thanks for letting me say that. That wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. I just, I just love Jesus. He's been so good. He's been so good to me. And I know he has been that way for you too. <clears throat>